Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Katie. Katie is a 20-something wife to her best friend and mama of three little littles age five and under. Oh my gosh. I do not, I do not <laughs> envy you. I was there at one point in time. I know how like chaotic that is. So there's light at the end of the tunnel is what you're saying. There is, yes. Okay. And then it becomes like this little, a different kind of difficulty. It's not as much chaos, but now you have like, hormones or not even like hormones. Like my three littlest ones are, um, going to be nine and seven and seven. Cause I have twins and now it's more like different problems, right? We're talking about like people being mean to them and oh, like yeah. upset about their homework. And uh, like, it's different. It's just not as much chaos because you can actually reason with them at this age versus Do you get more sleep. Cause yes. Have, okay, cool. Great. Yes. More sleep. I, <laughs> I sleep forward to, <laughs> I sleep eight hours a night at least. Yeah. No, wow. if they wake up, I, we have a rule. Like you can read in your room until we're up. Like you're not going to run around and scream like a heathen. But I mean, of course you can reason with them at that, at my age, but I, I remember the little below five. I trust me. I know it's chaotic and sleep deprived and all of the good jazz. Um, so Katie lives in a beautiful, in beautiful South California where her husband serves in law enforcement and the military. Yes. We have a lot of military people on the podcast. It's just my community guys. And she runs her own online personal training and nutrition coaching business, Bell Fitness and Nutrition. She is passionate about living intentionally, eliminating excuses, and helping other women ditch dieting for good and work towards becoming their strongest selves yet. And a lot of times when we are listening to podcasts and we're watching videos, we're like, that's great. I'm so glad that you're capable of doing that. But, you know, I have shit going on. Do you, do you understand that? So I want people to really connect with the fact that you haven't always been in this space. You have stuff going on and you have three littles under the age of five. So to, so bring us back, bring us back to where you started. What brought you into the space? Like where did you start on your fitness and nutrition journey? Absolutely. Okay. So high school, I played volleyball. I was not good at it. I had to practice a lot to just, you know, get some playing time. And that's really where I fell in love with really pushing myself physically, doing things that weren't, didn't come easily, but they were difficult, but then working towards them and accomplishing something felt really good. So from there, going to college, you know, the freshman 15 was more like, I don't know. Freshman 30? 30, <laughs> yep, yep. So, and, and that was, I was still, you know, working out consistently but then I was also eating pints of ice cream every night with my roommates. And while that was great, it just didn't feel good. So got myself back into shape, ended up getting married, started to have babies, and really working out, taking care of myself became an outlet for me as not only a stress reliever, um, something that helped me physically, of course, but as a mom, it, was, it became my my time to feel more like myself again. 
So I was actually a high school Spanish teacher, of all things, and thanks to military life, with moving around, being a teacher in a classroom wasn't exactly ideal, and with little ones as well. So when I had the opportunity to earn a, uh, or my certified personal trainer certification and all of that, I took it, and from, it just went from there. So I started earning specializations and I realized that I loved it, like sitting down and studying and reading and learning about the human body and how it works and the reasons why our bodies do the things they do and how to make things better, all while having little kids trying to take care of myself too and thriving in that. It, it just all clicked for me. It all came together. So um, my husband his fourth deployment actually last a year and a half ago he um, was overseas and I decided you know what I have all these certifications I love what I do people are coming to me asking me advice on how to have a fit pregnancy how to take care of ourselves after having a baby um, things like that and I realized why why don't I just start this business so why not with three little kids and a husband overseas decide to start a business but I did it and here we are so a little over a year and I get to train women all over the country, some in different countries, and help women, kids or not, just feel strong and healthy and capable and eliminate those excuses of, well, I'm, I'm busy or I'm tired, all valid things, but being able to overcome those and really just feel strong and healthy, I, that's what I'm passionate about. Ironically, I decided to start this podcast while my husband was deployed. I didn't actually launch it until he was at, like home by that time. But when I decided I was going to do a podcast, he was deployed. I was like, why, you not know what? why not? Like, why not? I'll get started and record all these things. And then he'll get home and I'll launch this sucker. And now look at us. We've been going almost, oh, what is it? Like, a year and four months strong in the podcast. So I guess I did a good job. Exactly. You absolutely did. So for those people who are maybe their parents and thinking, or maybe they're not even parents, maybe like, how the hell do you do it? And you have kids. I don't even have kids. I can't get this in. How do you do it? How do you manage to get in daily self-care with all these tiny humans running around? Because my parents out there are listening and thinking, yeah, it's definitely not easy, girl. I don't know how you're doing it. And non-parents out there are out there thinking like, I can't even do it with my dog. Like, I, can't, I don't know how you're doing it. Well, and that's the thing is it's not something that's glamorous. It's not something, you know, earth shattering. I'm not, you know, at a gym an hour every day. And then I prep my kale and chicken breasts at, in the evening. And, you know, it's not this elaborate thing. I think social media is a beautiful thing. I love it. I think one of your recent blog posts actually talked about the love-hate relationship with social media Yeah. because yeah. you have to set a boundary because once you're scrolling through Instagram, you're like, I want to get in shape. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, look at all these CrossFit athletes out here. Look at all these people. And they're awesome. That's their job to be in shape and good for whoever it is putting their pictures on social media. That's not me. But um, when we compare ourselves and we start getting in our heads, I think that's when we don't act. So for me, it was literally, it's literally just a decision every day that I know, even if I don't really want to work out, I know how it feels afterwards and I don't have to do something for a certain amount of time. I don't have to even go to a gym or whatever it is, but being active 
affects every other area of my life. And it's just something that I've learned over time. And in different seasons, it looks differently. As a young mom, I'm probably, I know I'm doing a lot less than I did before I was a mom. Right. And eventually when my kids are older, maybe I'll get to do a little bit more. But in this season of life, it's my alone time, my kid free time. And just for my mental health, physical health, it's just something that I've learned really, really helps me. Yeah. I, so I was a, I started out in business as a beach body coach. That's actually how I got into business for anybody listening who did not know that side of my story. And I went to like extremes, right? I went to like, I, at my smallest and I, maybe not my fittest, but at my smallest, I was a good 20 pounds lighter than I am right now. And now, I mean, if you see me in real life, I'm not like the most tiny person, but definitely not very like large either. So you see it, you're thinking like, where did that 20 pounds come from? But I was really unhealthy because like I got obsessed. Right. And a lot of times I think the reason that I'm, I'm going off of this is a lot of times you do, we see that Instagram and I was that person when I was a beach body coach. I was always the one sharing like pictures of my workouts and you know, me and my workout clothes and all this stuff. And you see this, but you don't actually see what's going on behind the scenes where I think a lot of times we need to take that time and say, what, what do I want out of this? And what can I do? Like, what can I actually like logistically fit in every day? And logistically, if you're watching TV every day, you can fit in a workout every day. I'm just going to okay. put that out there. I mean, I love TV. I do both. Like <laughs> I watch TV and workout. Like, uh-huh. Exactly. But um, what is it that you find is your biggest motivator when you're trying to get a workout in like a lot of people I feel like focus way too much on the scale and the number on the scale and what that looks like and mind you guys I have looked way different at 155 pounds when I was eating like crap and you know now where I more I don't I don't want to say I'm great 100% of the time but I would say like 80 percent of the time I eat quite well you know I look completely different my body looks differently because of what I'm feeding it and how I'm treating it so what is your biggest motivator when it comes to you know getting all that in absolutely it, for me it's really feeling strong feeling like I have energy to take on the day um, feeling good in my body and I, my body looks different now after having babies, but that doesn't mean that I've, you know, let myself go. And it's not something that I feel like, I think society tells us that once you're a mom, just get used to the bo- your body now. It's never going to be the same. You're never going to be happy with it, on and on and on. And I, when I first started having kids, I was determined that that was not going to be me. Not because I had to be the same size and shape before I started having babies, but because I wanted to feel strong and capable and confident. And that's not going to look the same for everyone, which is important to say too, is that me being my strongest self is not what your strongest self would be for you. And that's perfectly okay. That's a really good thing. So for me, just feeling like I can have the energy to be the mom that I want to be, be the wife that I want to be, um, have energy to get through my day because working out does give you those endorphins, that energy, and it feels good. So yeah, that's probably the biggest motivator for me. Yeah. I would definitely say that after having children, each child's like, um, 
rearranges your body in a different way. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say like, I will never be able after three C-sections and my nice little baby pooch that I have from the scar and all the shit that they did to me. My body will never, like, even at my fittest, like, even at my smallest, I still had that pooch. Like, it was not going to go away. It's excess skin. Now, why do they, why do we have that? Like, why do they do that to us? I don't know. <laughs> I've I had mean, three C-sections, too, and I don't... Why? I think it's something about how they rearrange our bodies. Exactly. Like, like, like just put it here. back. Just stitch us up. <laughs> right. Just, can you, like, do some, like, a plastic surgery while you're there? This like, your just job. take yeah, care exactly. of it. Yeah. No, exactly. So, you know, our bodies are not going to definitely be the same as they were before we had kids. Like, and each child is definitely going to rearrange it a little bit. And even for those who listen and don't have children, it's going to be different as you age, right? Like my body at 16 is definitely not the same as my body at 32. And some of that is kids. And some of that is just the fact that I'm getting older and you know what I could eat at 16 and still stay a certain size. I cannot eat at 32 and stay the same size. Exactly. Cause yeah. I think I love how you said that and how that, um, you know, you're focusing on what's the best you, you can be versus like, what's the best you me, I can be. Cause I mean, that that's going to be completely different because our lifestyle is different. Um, our genetics are different, you know, all of those things. I do think a lot of times people use genetics as a crutch sometimes where they're just like, it's my genetics. And I'm like, but you're eating Twinkies and sitting on the couch all day watching Netflix. That's not going to help you in your genetics. Um, we learned in psychology because um, as most people that listen know, I'm going to school for psychology is 50% of us is genetics and 50% of us is our environment. Well, the same goes for not just our mental health, but our physical health as well. Yes, our genetics are going to lean us one way or the other, but we can, it's called epigenetics. We can actually change what genes are turned on and what genes are turned off by how we treat our bodies. Um, and it's so important that we do that. So they, people listening are thinking like, so you're motivated, you want, you want to look the best you can and be the best mom you can for your kids. What do you struggle? What are your biggest struggles when it comes to being able to get this all in? Well, absolutely. And I think motivation comes for me from action because there are definitely days, weeks, I don't know, sometimes months, seasons of life where I'm sorry, I don't really feel like taking my kids to the gym, dropping them off at childcare and being there for however long I'm there. So when I'm in those seasons of life, which happen, whether we're parents or not, just different times, it's, I realize like I have to take action. I have to do something. So even if it's, um, just five, 10 minutes going out on a walk, getting, you know, some vitamin D weather permitting that then I realized like, oh, wow, that actually felt good. I'm, I moved my body today and that creates some sort of snowball effect, I guess, to continue that action. So definitely struggle. I mean, I, that deployment, when I started my business, I was sleeping maybe three hours a night. My kids had some pretty serious, one of my kids, I should say, had some pretty serious health issues and the other two did not understand where their dad was, why he was gone. Mm-hmm. And so we were dealing with that for eight plus months. And it was not a season of life where I was excited to go to the gym every day. So sometimes it just meant, you know what, I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to drive there. And I have no plan. I don't really feel like doing it. But by the time I actually got there, 
I realized, okay, I could walk on a treadmill for a few minutes and sure enough, it clears my head. I'm realizing like this time with my kids playing with their friends is good for them. This time alone to listen to podcasts, to listen to music, to just be silent for a little bit is good for me. So in that season of life, that was my struggle previously, like before kids, the stress of work, of teaching, of um, like my commute and all of that, you know, there's times where it's like when I get home from work, like there's no way I want to go to the yoga class across the street, but mm. I'm going to walk and I'm going to get there. And if I still don't want to do it when I get there, I'll go home, but at least I'm going to try. So I think it's just overcoming that self-talk because no one's going to sit there and stare at you and be like, are you going to go? Are you going to do it? But if you're talking to yourself, you're telling yourself all these negative things, like that's what's going to happen. You're not going to go do something if you're telling yourself you're not going to, if that makes sense. Totally. And I go through those cycles too. Like I go through them every year. Like I'll be doing good and everything is great. And I, you know, I'm like enjoying my workout every day. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, you have these seasons, like right now I'm like super into yoga and I'm loving it and I'm getting more flexible and it's really awesome. But then I have those times where I'm like, "Mm, I really don't want to do yoga today, which I mean, I'm okay if that's like one day, but when it becomes like multiple days where I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I don't want to do yoga today. And then I'm like, oh, I'm in one of those. I'm in a funk right now and I just don't want to do it. But the problem is, is I know from you know, past experience, if I stop, just stop doing it when I'm in a funk, it's so much harder to get started again. Like it's, it's way harder to get started again. So I would just prefer to like continue on. And I might be like, yeah, I hate this today. Come on. Can we get through this today? Let's go lady. Why are you being so slow? Why is time going so slow? Um, because I know like with time, I'm going to get right back into it where I'm just like, I love this. This is amazing. I feel great. I feel so zen after doing it. So I totally get the seasons and the times. And I think we all have that. And there's going to be seasons where we're really busy and we can only do like mm, maybe a 15 minute workout. And there's going to be seasons where, like you said, when your kids are a little bit older and maybe they're in school and stuff like that, you might actually be able to do like an hour workout. I mean, I still don't. And all my kids are in school, you know, cause I just, I don't love it that much. <laughs> just, exactly. Well, people are always like, well, what's the perfect workout or what kind of workout plans do you give your clients? I'm like, well, I, you're not going to do a workout if you don't enjoy it. So if you don't love yoga, don't go to yoga class. If you don't like kickboxing, why are you think you have to go to kickboxing? You know, things like that where it's like, well, of course, like if you are into working out in your living room, that's where you're going to be successful is working out in your living room. If you are like me and that's just too distracting, I'm never going to be able to commit to a workout plan in my living room because I don't enjoy it. So that's the thing too, is if you're really hating life and you're not enjoying your workouts, try something different. If you're in a funk, try something a little bit harder. Maybe, maybe you've just hit some sort of plateau of, well, you've run the same block every day for a year. Maybe try mixing it up, doing something different. And that'll spark that motivation again to either keep going or to try something else or whatever that looks like. 
See, I'm, yeah, I agree. And I'm the opposite of you because I'll find every reason not to leave my house. Um, but if I have to do it, like if I'm doing it at home, I have no excuse because I can like fit it in wherever. And literally as I'm one of those people, if I don't get it in first thing in the morning, it's not happening. It's just right. not going to happen. Um, I cannot like come home and be like at 5 PM, I'm going to do my workout. I'm a morning person. So I need to get it done then. And we need to be really like, we need to be really honest about that and say, listen, you know, I can only do this much. This is when I can get it in. This is how I need to get it in and, and work with that. Knowing ourselves is so important. And you mentioned podcasts when you're working out. Uh, do you have any health podcasts that you like to listen to? Cause you know, if somebody's listening to this podcast, I would hope they're listening to other podcasts too. Yeah, absolutely. No, there are a few, but I, they're geared more towards trainers. So they get okay. really into the scientific side of movement and things like that. So probably pretty boring for the average person, but in my nerdy mind of loving it, I'm just like, oh yeah, totally. That's, oh, that's a variation of a squat. <laughs> Everyone else is like, who cares? Squats are horrible, but that that's how I am about psychology. I listen to psychology yeah, podcasts yeah. now and I'm like, Oh, that's so much fun. Like, let me, I didn't, I always growing up thought I was like an English major. I loved English. I'd write poems. Fun fact for anybody who didn't know, I used to write poems when I was younger. I was, I'm actually published in a New York state poetry book. Well, so, now you need to share this with everyone, please. Right? Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'll have to find the poem and actually, like, um, take a picture of it and share it with everybody. I love um, it. But I do – I listen to – I also like to listen to uh, The Model Health Show by Sean Stevenson, which is really good, especially for people like me who are not nerding out about, like, the ins and outs because he breaks it down to like a, a human, like, like, I don't want to say human, you're human, I'm human, everybody's human, but like to somebody who's not as much into it, like, I don't care about the sciencey stuff, just give me the facts and he'll break it down to like an understanding where I'm like, oh, and now I think I'm really smart when I talk to people because I'm like, did you know this? And <laughs> they're awesome. like, how do you know that? Because I listen to podcasts. podcasts. That's why, because that's where I do all my learning. I actually had this conversation with my psych professor today. He was talking about, he has like some war against marijuana. I don't know what it is, but it's quite fascinating. I don't know if like he wishes that he could do marijuana or like, I don't know. He some sort of had a against it. Yeah, yeah. maybe he had a tr bad trip. I don't know. Um, but he was talking about CBD oil and he's like, I heard there's this new thing that, you know, that comes from the marijuana plant. It's helping all these kind of people. And him and I got in like a heated debate about this. And he's like, how do you know so much about this? I'm like, cause I listen to podcasts. I like learn. Hello. Um, I think he makes shit up in his head anyway. So glad today was our last day. Sorry, oh, Professor man. Whitman, if you listen to this. <laughs> he was like the best, like easiest professor ever. I just, you know, I just sometimes I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. Anyways, off topic. Yes, I'm a total nerd. I like to nerd out as well. So when it comes to, you talked about what the struggles are when it comes to working out, but what are your struggles when it comes to nutrition? Because I think a lot of people can get in the workout part. I think the nutrition part is where we get hung up a lot of times. Yeah. And, um, I will admit this publicly. I do not love to cook. I just don't, I can do it. It's not that I get in the kitchen and I have no idea what to do. I just don't find creativity and passion and 
love it. Like my husband does, which is amazing. So if he could just stay home forever and cook, that'd be awesome. But right. so therefore a lot of it falls on me. And I've learned, especially with clients too, cause they want, you know, they want the diet plan. They want the meal plan. They want to be told what to eat. And number one, that just doesn't work. It might work for a week and then that's it. But I've learned that keeping things simple and doing what works for us is just staying in my lane. That's what I need to focus on. So for me, seasons of life, again, going back to that where things are busier or um, just things are more stressful, I found things like ordering, you know, subscription boxes like HelloFresh or Tara's Kitchen, and there's a bunch of them that we've tried, things like that where it comes to me and all I need to do is put it together and they're still healthy meals. That's been awesome. Or um, basically for me, like if I, if I have food in my house that is generally healthy, that's what I'll eat. If I have junk food in my house, if I have ice cream in my freezer, that's what I'll eat. Mm-hmm. So I've had to learn just to be disciplined that when I'm grocery shopping, that if I'm at least picking out healthy options, good options, then that will point me in the right direction. Whether or not I cook a gourmet meal that is Instagram worthy, because I don't, mm-hmm. but there are people that do and more power to them. And that's awesome. But especially with little kids, I'm, I don't really want to cook two different meals. Like I want to cook something that they're going to enjoy that I'm going to enjoy together. So maybe when they grow up, that'll be different too. And before I had kids, that was different too. So just keeping things simple, doing what works in whatever season of life I'm in and keeping junk out. For me, that's what works. Some people, that might drive them crazy, but no. if I don't have Oreos, I'm not going to eat them and I might crave something, but I'll find an alternative that's better. So that's always been my number one tip when I, like when I was a beach body coach for my clients is I was like, listen, if it's not there, you can't eat it. It's just Mm -hmm. not possible. And I am one of those people like you, if it's in my house, it's going in my mouth eventually because I only have so much bandwidth, right? To be able to, and I say this to my clients about anything. It's not just nutrition. We have only so much bandwidth to be able to do what we need to do. Uh, We can't get that done if we're if we're constantly fighting it, right? If we, if we have a limited amount of bandwidth and most of that's taken up with fighting the, the foods that are wandering around our house, then eventually we are going to have a stressful day. The kids might have a bad day. Something crazy is going on. And then we'll be like, you know what? All right, get down my mouth. I want to eat it now. Everything. Totally. And if Always. I don't have simple things to cook at home or to make or put together whatever they are, um, the drive-through looks really tempting too. So I've learned that's another thing is if I have all these, I mean, I love looking at Pinterest and finding, you know, elaborate, beautiful meals. And sometimes I'll try those out, but if that's all I'm trying to do and I know that's not who I am and what works, I'm going to get to the end of the day and be like, I'm tired. Do I really want to cook that entire meal from scratch? Uh, you know, there's a McDonald's, Del Taco, wherever right there. I could be done in 20 minutes. That's it. So that's another thing too. It's just knowing yourself when we've been talking about this, just knowing what works, knowing what kind of sets you down the wrong path and what will help you and doing that. We're both on the same page where it comes to like, just don't have it in your house. Try to be, make it simple, make it easy on you to do know what you are. I'm not a gourmet chef. If I have a recipe, I can make it. I'm good. My husband, he is like, 
he could mix all this stuff together and it tastes amazing. And I said, you know, I get burnout on cooking. I really do. Like, I don't love it. I mean, I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it. And I get burnout really easily on it. And sometimes, you know, I have those days where I'm like, F it, you better stop by the store and get something because I just can't do it. So knowing that and having things prepared and not expecting too much out of ourselves is really important. And also like, don't beat yourself up if you like, if you mess up, if you're like, I had a cupcake, now I have to eat all the cupcakes, you know, like I used to, and sometimes still can be that person where I'm just like, I messed up, might as well go balls to the wall right now. Totally. Um, <laughs> so you, you struggle just like everybody else. And I think that a lot of times when people see somebody is helping in the fitness and nutrition space, they're like, I don't struggle at all. It's, there's no issues at all here. Everything's great. Everything's fine. But you work around it. You know who you are. You know what's going on. You, you know what you need to get done. What are some of the biggest struggles that you see your clients have? Like, are they the same as yours or do you see other struggles? Uh, most of my clients have tried every single diet out there from the no carb, which who decided that carbs are bad? I love carbs. Because if you read a, a textbook, carbs are necessary for life, but that's another topic. And then all the way to the whole 30 type thing, which is great for some people, but for a lot of people's mindsets, something like that, like the diet of the super restrictive, I can't have coffee anymore. I can't do all these things. Having these lists of good versus bad food, that's a struggle. And then they, they accomplish that and they feel good. And then they go right back to what they were doing before and just the cycle continues. So I think most of their struggles are being on diets, wanting to diet and realizing that doesn't work, but not knowing a way around that. And what I really try to like teach them is that there's no such thing as a good or a bad food. There are good choices and there are choices that might not be good, but ultimately living life and enjoying food is the way life should be because life is way too short to be sitting and eating brown rice and chicken breasts every day and thinking that's somehow healthy and that's somehow going to help you in the long term. So I find the same thing. Like it's, it's not sustainable for us to say, I'm going to go on this specific diet where I'm eliminating all of these things. I can't have any of the things like, I'm sorry. I like wine. I like carbs. I like I like to have treats once in a while. Now, yes, does there have to be some restrictions? Yes, we can't like eat Twinkies every day and drink Mountain Dew and think like we're going to lose weight. You know, that's just not going to happen and it's not healthy for us. But to be so restrictive, and I think a lot of times people are just so obsessed with the whole weight loss portion of things. Yep, obsessed. Obsessed with the weight loss portion that they're like, I have to do this thing because my friend is keto and I'm not bashing on the keto peoples, by the way, or any diet, one diet, but like my friend is keto and she's lost all this weight. So I need to be keto too. Cause I really want to lose this weight. And all of these things were, were just like, seriously, like, is that sustainable? Are you going to sustain a keto diet for the rest of your life. No, you're not. No. And it's not healthy for you to either. Like no matter what they say out there, it, you know, studies have proven it is not the way, like it, you can't be that for the rest of your life. It's just not going to happen. Um, the same for any other sort of diet. I like to tell people to think of it as a lifestyle. Mm 
Like what is something you could sustain? What is, what is going to work for you? And starving yourself is not going to work for you either. Let's be honest about this. A lot of times people are like, all right, let's go back to the old mentality, reduce the calories and up the workouts. (laughs) Most women actually that I found don't eat enough. Like that's your problem. And that's counterintuitive. Like I want to lose weight. So I'm going to stop eating. I'm like, no, actually you're not eating enough calories right now. And if you ate several hundred more calories, you would lose that weight and it just blows their minds. But you, I mean, it's just such a thing. I think as women too, growing up of eat less, eat less. And that's how you'll be skinny and who cares. But yeah, I think the dieting thing is not, it's not even just the physical, it's a mental thing too. It's like, how are you going to sustain that mentally of just constantly like you said, being obsessed with, oh, I can't have this. And I used to love coffee, but I can't have coffee now. And I can't have ice cream and I can't have, I can't enjoy anything. And then what about birthdays? What about holidays? What about weekends? What, like, why not enjoy life? And if you're mindful about what you're putting in your mouth, (laughs) you're going to make better decisions because it is perfectly fine to enjoy that glass of wine or the piece of cake or the donut or whatever. If you're eating it, drinking it intentionally and realizing like, I'm going to enjoy this and then I'm going to move on. And then the next, you know what I mean? It's just, it's beyond choosing. There's no good or bad food. It's making choices that fit into your life and what works for you. I love that because my husband decided he is going to go get donuts from this place called Duck Donuts near us. So anybody in Hampton Roads, Virginia, you know this place, they're fresh made donuts. Like fresh to make. You get there, you order them. They make them right in front of you. Wow. My God. And he had these maple bacon donuts. So the frosting was maple and then it had bacon, like caramelized bacon bits on top. Like there is, once he he brought it in the house, like it was just like, no, I'm eating like a donut. If not in the house, eating it. Yep. Yeah. It's going to (laughs) happen. Uh, but you know, the old me, when I first became a beach body coach and I was obsessed about everything that went in my food, my, my mouth, like all my foods, all the things I wouldn't even eat like at certain restaurants or people's houses. If I didn't know what was in it, it was obsessive. It was, it was crazy pants. It was just not healthy at all. It was actually borderline having an eating disorder at that point mm-hmm. in time. I wouldn't have, I would have just like been like all pissy in a bad mood all day because everybody else got to have donuts. I got to have donuts. Why could you bring, why are you bringing donuts in my house? But instead my kids, and I realized what the effect it was doing on my kids because they see that, you know, and they see what we do and we have to be a mirror for them. Now they saw mommy, mommy enjoyed the, the donuts too. It's okay for us to have donuts once in a while. We don't have them every day or even every week. But, you know, they know that the, it's okay. And they're actually learning about food themselves where we don't use like that's bad food or good food, but it's like, you know, this makes my tummy hurt. I'm like, oh, maybe you ate too much of it. You know, maybe we should not have that many donuts, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's not good for you. So I completely agree with you on that. And I think a lot of times we get all up in our heads about like, and it becomes like an emotional, it becomes a psychological thing. Let's just be honest, like where we're emotionally eating or we're binge eating, or we have these things going on because now we have this unhealthy relationship with food. Instead of being like food is fuel, it goes in our bodies. Some of it's really yummy and, and it's okay to indulge once in a while. And it's not going to hurt us as long as we're not drinking like two bottles of wine every week. Like maybe yeah, that's, exactly. maybe, maybe we need to reel it in a little bit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. People, people in relationships come over food. 
for me. Like if you're going to be hurting relationships because you're not going to go to people's houses, you're going to show up to someone's party that they're throwing and say, you know what? I brought my salad because this is what I need to eat. And obviously there's certain health issues and I'm not talking about those where you legitimately can't eat certain things. I'm talking about those of us in general who are on this roller coaster trying to figure out what's healthy and what's not. Um, if it's hurting relationships, even with your kids, like you're the, how, like you talked about how we talk about food, how we view food in our own homes, then there's an issue there, whether it's on the good end of the spectrum or the not so great, there's extremes on either end. But if people and relationships are so much more important than whatever diet you think is going to give you a six pack, like so much more important in the long run. And let's be honest, some of us are not genetically able to have six packs. I'm only able to have a four pack. Maybe (laughs) 16 year old us, maybe. (laughs) Or not. Who cares? (laughs) I don't know. 16 year old me thought I was hot in a bikini and I wasn't like the skinniest thing on earth. Like, I'm like, 16 year old me had confidence like out the wazoo. I'm like, I actually look at her like, wow, I wish like I had your confidence now. Like, I feel like the world has like torn me apart a little bit and I need to put myself back together. <laughs> um, but you know, I've always been one of those people that was like, I want a good tan. So I'm going to wear a bikini. And even at my heaviest, which was like tipping the scale, like almost 200 pounds, I was still wearing a bikini. Cause I'm like, I want a good tan. Look at that. Exactly. <laughs> How do you have a bikini body? Put on a bikini. Yes. No, you you've seen that meme everywhere. <laughs> I've made that meme. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's I've seen it there. Yep. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes. I've made that meme. It is so true. Just put a bikini on it. I mean, I think a lot There's of times we just have these unhealthy standards of what a body needs to look like. And we don't realize like what one, we're all different. We all, our bodies are all going to look different at their ideal um, size, like, and, and some people that ideal size is thicker than other people. And I know some thick women who are some of the fittest, healthiest people I know. And I know some skinny women who are some of the unhealthiest people I know, like that does not, you know, transfer and say like, this makes you healthy. This makes you unhealthy. So as we wrap up the podcast, Katie, is there anything that you want to leave the inspired women community with for anybody who? They may not realize, but we had some technical errors um, during this podcast because they won't hear that part. But we did. We had technical errors. So we're missing, <laughs> we're missing a good chunk of it. <laughs> um, what, is some, what is something that you'd like to leave everybody with? Good question. I think the biggest thing would be if you need to just to turn off the noise, if you need to take a break from Instagram, from Pinterest, and just figure out what your own goals are, what you want, what's going to work for you, and then find someone to hold you accountable or that will talk through this with you just to help you actually articulate what you want for your life because ultimately that's going to be how we're going to find success, whatever your goal is, whatever your health plan is um just focusing on what works for us is what we're gonna find success with 
Yeah, I agree. And having somebody told you accountable. And if anybody's wondering if Katie can hold them accountable, we'll hook up all of her stuff in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. So they can connect with you and they can chat with you if they would like to reach out to you about that. Um, so Katie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and for being patient through my computer literally shitting the bed <laughs> in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> it was fun. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.